Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 258 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Mary Louise Evans and her daughter, Alyssa Potkovac. They live in Easton, Pennsylvania. Mary Louise is a retired special education teacher, and Alyssa is a mental health specialist. Welcome, Mary Louise and Alyssa. Hi. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for doing this and letting us be with you today. Super excited. Well, I love doing it. I'm so excited. I have the best job in the world because I get to talk to people. and I mean, it really, really is. All of my teachers that said I talk too much, jokes on them. (laughs) Now you get paid to. That's the good part. So you know I like to start by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? And I happen to know that 
Alyssa is the one who found it first. So I will start with you, Alyssa. What brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? So around November of 2018, I had recently been engaged, now husband, and I had the goal to wear my grandmother's dress for the wedding. Oh, I love that. And so I had to change my lifestyle, change a lot of things. I actually had a doctor tell me that I would not be able to get pregnant if I stayed at the weight I was at. Not a great experience. So that really motivated me to find something that I've never tried before. So I've done all the dieting, all the you know yo-yo stuff that never works. And um, I had a friend who had done it, but she did dirty fasting. So I started with dirty fasting. And then one day at work, I, I was, we were going to a, like a work event and she was like, I thought your window wasn't open. I was like, you know what a window is? Like, and like everyone was in the room, like, what are you two talking about? And that's when I was, uh, she introduced me to the world of clean fasting. And so that was where I kind of picked up with you. Awesome. I love that. So this was a coworker that knew about the clean fast and like, what was a surprise that you heard at the beginning? Because before you had what gotten your advice from the internet or just Googled it a little bit? Yeah, basically. I had the general concepts. I think what, um, I had a friend who was doing like keto at the time and she was like, yeah, you could like dirty fast and use like, like the protein coffees and things. So I was still kind of doing that while I was fasting, which I lost like maybe 20 pounds. I was like, okay, this isn't doing it. And then she told me about the clean fasting. Okay. And how did that change the experience for you once you started fasting clean? Game changer. I lost, I think my goal was to hit 50 pounds before the wedding. I hit 65 and it was like all of a sudden the pounds started melting off again. Like it was just, it was simpler. It was easier. And I was like, why didn't I think of that sooner? It really is so much simpler, isn't it? You don't have to make any of these concoctions. Exactly. And I stopped and I was like, this is giving me so much more of my life back because I'm not worrying about the shakes, the coffee, the diet stuff, which was great. That's awesome. So how much time was between, like you lost 65 pounds, how much time was between when you started, that was November of 2018 and the wedding? I found it very shortly, like my coworker had given me the information. It was probably like two, three months And that's when I think like, that's when things change. So probably around January, December, January. Okay. So the clean fast, you found that a couple, just two or three months in around January. When was the wedding? August 30th. So my anniversary is coming up. Oh, it sure is. Because we're recording this on the 26th of August. So we're almost there. So August 30th of 2019. So you lost 65 pounds between like, I mean, it was really like less than a year. It was. That's amazing. That's like super fast. We're going to just say it's because you're so young. I don't know. (laughs) How old were you at that time? 25. We're going to, we're going to just call that the metabolism of youth because (laughs) that is an amazing lot of weight. Now I say that, but I lost my 70 pounds pretty quickly as well. So (laughs) my first 75, the last five were were slow, 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 but. But I also think with Alyssa, because the wedding, you get the wedding piece too, you know, that excitement, that whole, you know, worried about is everything going to go off the right. And I think that also triggered a lot of the extra, I can go longer, I can do this. You're just a little bit more motivated than the average person. I was going to say that once I figured out that clean fasting was the key, 
was really when like, I was like, this is great. I lo- I felt like I was losing. I could see it. I was like, this is working and I'm sticking with this. So I was just going to ask because I'm dying to know what the wedding dress looked like because it was your grandmother's wedding dress. So I'm like, when did she get married? Like what era? My mom and dad were married about 46, 1946. So it was silk. From the 20s. So 1946 is when they were married. And but it wasn't a new dress even then. Well, it was a new dress. It was worn by my aunt, by my mom's sister. And then, of course, I wore it and Alyssa wore it. And the girl who had done the alterations for my dress is the exact same one who did it for Alyssa's. So she was the, it was one of the first times that she was able to do two different alterations on the same dress. That's really amazing. What's the style of it? I'm just so curious to just describe it. I'm sorry, everybody who doesn't care about wedding dresses. This is just a moment for me. It was a silk dress and it had all the buttons and the long pointed sleeves. And then she was able, because of course, at that time, my mom had it and it was in a ball in the cedar chest. And I literally took the ball and took it to her and she was able to like, she just went snip, snip, snip. And it was amazing. And she did the exact same thing to Alyssa. Once Alyssa put it on, she just snipped. She was able, she went to New York, got lace that matched it, got actually the silk material to match it because my mom was very thin and so was able to put in the extra pieces And like all the lacing and all the buttons and everything, she was able to incorporate it into the dress itself. So she was able to change it, at least for her, for me, and then for Alyssa. I love that. I just, the the fact that it's just been worn by all of you makes it so much more special. So hooray for losing the weight and getting to wear that very special dress. So that was the big you know, every time we would go for a fitting, she'd be like, Alyssa, you got to stop losing too much weight. We're doing the dress. I was like, okay. Because we were coming down. I mean, and she only had like 11 months to work on the dress. So, and like I said, Alyssa was not just losing the weight. It was the body changing as well that made the wedding dress you know, a little different for her all the time. Losing it everywhere. That body recomposition is real. So what was your approach? What was your eating window like during that time when you were losing so quickly? So I started out probably with like 12 and eight. And then I was like, okay, this is getting easy. Like let's do, and I kind of worked my way up. I do OMAD. So when I was at my prime, I should say, and um, I would do probably close to 22 hours. And then I would, 22 to two, I really focused on what I was eating more than the window itself for me, because I think I was never like that. I didn't care what I was eating as long as I was eating. So it was nice to open your window whenever you wanted and have that flexibility and and change things up. So I really stuck to the OMAD lifestyle. That was really helpful. I think so. And it just, the weight just came right off. So that was really exciting. So when did you tell your mom about it? When did Mary Louise come on board? You know, it was probably June, July of 2019. Now, I did have the stomach surgery. I do have a sleeve. And what happened was, is I had lost weight on the sleeve, 
but I got to a point where I actually had gained back almost 40, 50 pounds and I was going back up the scale. When did you have the sleeve? I had the sleeve in 17. Okay. So in 17 is when I had the sleeve and I knew, you know, the first year was that absolutely the wonderful year, you know, the energy, the everything, oh, I can do anything now. And then it became, uh oh, this is not working here. The doctor was watching it. The weight was going back up. And when I had gone to him, I said, well, I just started fasting. He goes, oh, you did. And I was like, yeah. He goes, all right, tell me about it. So him and I sat and talked and he goes, go for it. And at that point, you know, I was doing 16 of fasting and he's like, hey, whatever's working, go ahead, keep going, see what happens. So now when I go for my yearly checkup, he is all for it. He just says, my blood work is great. He cannot believe that I'm now to the point where, because I just did my checkup, and he goes, whatever you're doing, that combo of the sleeve and the eating worked for me. Because, of course, when I had the sleeve done, you know, the first year I was okay, it was little bits and pieces. Well, what I was doing was little bits and pieces, but it was continual. Like it was an all-day event. Like grazing. It was like a constant grazing. It was constant grazing. So when Alyssa finally introduced me to fasting, my first fast was actually August 10th when I actually said, okay, like she really got into the clean part and a little bit more detail. I read your book. I made her read the book. And that was like, okay, I'm starting today. August 10th was my three-year anniversary, which was exciting because I was like, yeah, this three years I've been doing this. It really, it, it adds up, doesn't it? Like the time really adds up. You know, somebody in our community I love our community, but somebody the other day was like, it's fast 100 and I'm struggling with this and this and this and why is this so hard? I'm like, wait a minute, fast 100, you're a baby faster still. You know, 100 seems like such a big number, right? I've done this 100 days and I'm not making light of it. It's a milestone. It's something to celebrate. Sticking to something for 100 days should feel good, but there'll be another hundred and another hundred and another hundred. I, I calculated that day just out of curiosity. I do not know the actual day I started. It was sometime in August of 2014 when I switched over to intermittent fasting after the whole summer of keto that didn't work. So I estimated I'd been doing fasting for something like 2,900 and something days. And I can go on my clock because I even after three years, I still hit that start and stop button. We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. 
Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency, and, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash ifstories, promo code ifstories10. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for clean eating, delivering pre-portioned and prepped quality whole foods with limited processed ingredients. Green Chef sends organic, fresh produce, responsibly sourced proteins, and chef-designed recipes in every box for satisfying, nourishing, and convenient meals that fit in beautifully to my cleanish lifestyle, and the food is totally window-worthy. Tonight, we're having barbecue sweet potato tacos with cabbage and carrot slaw, black beans, corn, and cheesy tortillas, and they come with Green Chef's chimichurri sauce. So good. Go to greenchef.com slash ifstories50 and use the promo code ifstories50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. That's greenchef.com slash ifstories50. And don't forget to use the promo code ifstories50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. There's just something about it. That's my mind. Like start and stop. Okay, I can eat now. And in the beginning, I would like text Alyssa or I'd call Alyssa and I'd say, okay, I'm going to eat my arm. Almost at 16 hours, I don't, she she would just say, mom, go find something to do. But mom, go find something to do, please. And it was like, okay. And then all of a sudden it's 17 hours and I'm like, okay, I can eat now. We are emotional eaters. You know, so many people realize they are and didn't realize it prior to fasting because, or just boredom eaters. There's so many reasons that we eat. And so few of them are because, you know, we're like nutritionally deficient at that moment and we need it. I want to backtrack just a little bit, a few more of those details, Mary Louise. When you started in 2017, when you had the sleeve surgery, how much weight did you lose at first before the weight regain started? I lost about 75 pounds. I kind of hovered there. And then I literally jumped back up. Now I'm a five foot. My highest weight was 257 pounds. So I was into the 2X whole piece. When I decided to do the sleeve surgery, you know, I was, the doctor and I, we spent a lot of time talking about it. I went to a lot of classes with it. And then I had gotten to that 184 and I was hovering there. I wasn't moving one way or another. I gained back up to 232 pounds. And I bet that was heartbreaking. It was because it was so emotional, like, oh, great. You know, I'm not getting anywhere. And then all of a sudden the fasting came back into it. And a year later, I had lost I finally made it 100 pounds. I made it down to 156. So you, after the fasting, you went well below where you had gone with just the sleeve. Right. And actually, it's in 2021, I've actually dropped even more. I've hit 127. 
So my body just literally went to a spot where it's comfortable. And I didn't do anything like it was strictly clean fasting right away. Because of course, Alyssa already knew that I had worked my way up to 20, 22 hours and thought nothing of it. As long as I drank my water and tea, you know, during the day, I was fine. And then when I ate, my stomach would only allow so much in. Because of course, the sleeve is still there. And it was okay. It was perfect for me to fit that into. And I just kept going with that. And, you know, for right now, I don't think anything of food. And people say, well, don't, aren't you get hungry? And I'm like, no, I really don't. So that's the magic of it. You don't think about it and you find things to do. Huh, let me tell you what I can find to do. You can come over here. I can find some things for you to do. <laughs> I do. I mean, the amount of energy and I know you'll talk about that, but to me, the amount of energy I have is, you know, my husband says, you're like the energizer bunny. You get up and you don't stop until after you eat. Cause once I eat, I can't go. And again, that's a stomach issue. Now I do have other stomach issues, which is not that big. Uh, there's nothing I could do about it. But once I eat, I can't bend over. I can't do anything physical. You need to be still and let your body digest the food. Right. And that's where I am with that. And then by then it's time for bed because the Energizer Bunny's done now for the day until the next morning. But So you have an evening eating window, it sounds like to me. I do. I do have a short one and it works. Now, there are days when I feel like the day before I didn't get enough calorie in and I'll know that. I'll feel that. Your body lets you know. Right. And I will break it a little earlier. And it's okay. It's not a bad thing for me. That's a good thing. Because then, as you well know, you have to listen to your body. You have to learn what your body is saying and follow it. That's 100% true. And I love that you are listening to your body because I know with – you know, with your your stomachs, with the, with the sleeve, and with a short eating window, there's only physically so much food you can put in there. But you are in tune enough to know, gosh, yesterday wasn't enough. Today I'm hungrier. I'm going to have a longer window because my body needs it. But you don't have to stress about, you know, counting the calories or counting the grams or, or anything. You just fast feast, repeat. And that's very true. One of the things that I found is that there are a lot of times – now, I personally cannot get a lot of raw vegetables, salads, and like the fruits. I have to, they just don't go in. But then there are days where, you know, a fried egg or an egg is what I crave. I will crave the protein. I will crave that, you know, I will want chicken. I will want fish. I will want, you know, eggs. And I am a car person. I know that the carbs is a piece that my body will want. And as long as I'm doing the protein, the carbs, when my body wants it, I'm good. You know what makes you feel your best and what your body needs. Yeah, I'm a big believer of the protein leverage hypothesis, which states that our bodies crave protein until we get enough protein. And so, you know, like your body after fasting and, you know, you, you can only put so much in your stomach, your body's like, I need protein. And it sends you that craving and you listen to it. And and that's the key is, is listening to what my body is saying. You know, if I don't listen to it, then I'm not going to have, I'm going to have more acid. I'm going to have more reflux. I'm, you know, I'm not going to feel 
right. She's going to have the regret that you talk about. We're not regretting anything. So listening <laughs> right. to your- We don't want to regret. It's true. Listening to your body. You know, a lot of people hear appetite correction, but they don't obey it. <laughs> Those are two different things. And the regret is when you heard it and you didn't stop and you kept going. You know, maybe a little bit past there is one thing, but if you keep going, then you're like, okay, I should have listened. I heard it. Hearing it and obeying it, two different things. But, you know, if we want to feel good, we get better at obeying it without a doubt. So that's awesome. So your weight has kind of stabilized around that 127. It's in the 130. I get to the 130 range. I'm, I'm very comfortable. The body recomposition is just, I mean, I started at a two, three X. I was getting to that 24 size. I now wear a small or a six. Like that was mind blowing to me. Like you never dreamed that you would be a six or a small. No, because when you were heavy, you still see that. Like even now, when I look in the mirror, I still see that heavy person. Even though I look and I move my body and I said, this isn't real. Like this is not what you would believe of me. And when people see me, they're like, you're so tiny. And I'm like, okay, yeah. You never would have thought of yourself as tiny. I mean, you're a little bitty with being five feet, you know, right there at the five foot, but you never saw yourself. When did the weight struggles begin for you in your life? When I was young, I was always the bigger girl with the plus size clothing, you know, go to that special department to get the clothing that would fit. And even for a long time, I I think it was always that way. You know, I might have dropped weight here and there, but I wouldn't say it was ever anything as that substantial and, you know, like, wow, this is where I want to be. And the same thing with the wedding dress, you know, going back to that, it was funny because when she was doing it, she said, you have to stop losing because... I can't keep fixing it, but that didn't, I didn't maintain that after the wedding. You know what I mean? Like I, you just kept going back up again because grazing, oh, I can eat that. It won't matter anymore. You know, where now will I graze during my window a little bit, but then I realized I can't do that. I eat, I start with my, you know, something to break my fast and then I can't graze Like I literally have to stop myself until I eat a meal, you know, and not pick during that time. So because you don't want to fill up the amount of space that's in there too early. Right. And that's that's important to me. That's what I have to listen to. So as long as I listen to my body, I'm okay. And believe me, there are times I don't. I don't listen to it. I don't follow what it what I know I should know up at the top in my brain. So. But that's part of it. Knowing what you know now, would you, there is no wrong answer or right answer to this question. Would you do the gastric sleeve again, knowing what you know now? Okay. That's that's what I, I wanted. Yep. There was no right or wrong answer to that because it's a tool that's helped you. The combination, I think everybody has to find their right combination. And for me, it was the sleeve and fasting. I think when you have that, you have to know your limits. And that's what worked well for me. Well, it's tools. We have tools in our toolbox and we don't all need the same tool. We all need different tools. And that's the most important thing to understand 
whatever the reasons are that one person needs these tools and another person does not. And, you know, you've just got to look at the tools and see what fits you. I also think that for her, learning how to eat differently changed the game for the fasting too that came with the sleeve. That really, I think, helped her like mentally prepare for what was to come with the fasting that she wouldn't have known then what she knows now, but that mm-hmm. did help kind of set her up for, I think, the most success when it came to the sleeve and then fasting. That makes a lot of sense because, I mean, you don't. You don't know what's, what's going to happen down the road and you as you go along, you do different things based on where you are at that moment. It's good to know that the two have worked together so well for you. You know, we do hear sometimes people are like, I can't do fasting because I had a sleeve or I can't do fasting because and you fill in the blank. And that would be a shame. I I even have heard people say, my doctor said, I can't do fasting because I had the sleeve. And I think that that would be maybe a doctor who didn't understand. My doctor was like, he knew about it. The surgeon knew about it. And he says, I fast. I know what you're talking about. And I was like, really? And like, it helped because he promoted it with me. He's like, whatever you're doing. Now, my husband, a year later, had the sleeve done. And now he does the fasting because the doctor was watching the weight go up. And he looked at him, my husband, and he said, you know what? Whatever your wife is doing, please start. And, you know, you could have probably told him that a hundred million times and he would have been like, I, you know, but the doctor says it. And and so now my husband, Wayne, he does the fasting and he wants to eat more often. And I said, whenever you're ready, tell me up. Just because I don't eat, don't, don't think you don't have to. You eat when your stomach says, I'm hungry. And that's the hard part because he tries to always follow what I'm doing. And I'm like, well, that's not you. Do it when you're ready. I will do that with him. And and he's okay with it now. Like he's starting to accept the fact that fasting. Now he did the same thing. He went down. He was putting on a little bit, like maybe 10 pounds when he hit the doctor. And then now he's very comfortable and, and it's like, wow, this is really easy. And I'm like, yeah. And if you want breakfast with friends, go. Your body is so different and trying to get him to believe that his body is that much different than my body that, you know, and his, what he wants to eat will change. And then he becomes fuller quicker and then he doesn't eat again. So his window may be open longer And it's like, it's okay, like trying to tell him. I bet that your doctor is interested in making sure, like he probably checks your nutrient levels and to make sure you're getting enough nutrients. Do Do they check on that? Yep. He does all the vitamin levels. He, you know, checks the cholesterol and all, all of it. Like it's a complete panel and it's yearly. So he can track over because I have to go for five years. Now he's allowing me to keep coming to him year after year. So I just hit the five years with him and he says, your levels are great. I have one level that's off and it happens to be my D. My D is low as well. I was so disappointed. I'm like, I live at the beach and I'm getting sun. Why is my D low? So (laughs) anyway, I'm now taking a supplement. And he said, he goes, the only way you're going to do this, he goes, and I told him I'm outside. I do this, I do that. And he goes, some bodies, because you're not eating 
the fruits and the vegetables and the raw, even though I eat some cooked, he goes, you're just not getting enough of it. He goes, all your other levels are wonderful. Well, that's exciting to hear that your other levels are good because that was what I was was wanting to get to because, you know, some people ask, even people who have not had the gastric sleeve, just people in general will say, how can I possibly get all the nutrients that I need in a short eating window? But you have the medical tests to show that you're getting the nutrients that you need, even with the gastric sleeve, even with a short eating window, you're in good shape except for the D supplementation. And here I am needing it too. So, (laughs) and I'm getting lots of fruits and vegetables. So it's just, I think my body just needs extra. Every time I've ever had it tested, it's low and it is what it is. Vitamin D and iron. Those are the two things I'm always low. Well, my iron is fine. Your iron is good. It's not related to fasting for me because my iron, ever since like the first time in my 20s, I went to go give blood and they're like, you can't, your iron is too low. I'm like, what? So I've always had low iron. It's just what my body does. So I love that Wayne is is doing it too. So when did he start with it? A year ago. He just kind of did his one year with us and, and he's very happy. I mean, people look at us and say, what the heck? And, you know, I'm so proud of him because he retired a year ago, started the fasting because, you know, it's a whole different world when you're retired. He did his first walking 5k. So he's like out exercising now. He's actually doing more things to keep busy because I said, we've got to keep busy. And you're not sitting at the couch. He'll go outside and like literally help me do things that he would never have done before. He's feeling so much better. Yes. Attitude, feeling, energy. My energy levels through the roof. And I'm now watching his energy increase. So Alyssa, I'm going to circle back to you. So you got down well beyond your goal of losing 50 pounds. You got down 65 pounds before your wedding in August of 2019. What happened after the wedding? So my husband said, like, are you going to stop now? Or are you going to keep going? I said, well, I said that doctor said if I was, I'm five foot and my heaviest was 300 pounds. I had a lot of migraine issues, a lot of like, I just couldn't move basically. And so I said, you know, I'd like to get down to hundred. So I actually have lost 150 pounds. So after the wedding, I looked at him and I said, I'm not done yet. I said, I don't, this has been the easiest thing I've ever had to do. Why stop now? So I kept going. Now things are different with being pregnant, but. Right. And you have not shared that yet in the episode. You told me beforehand. So you are pregnant. So that is the real victory here. I mean, there's so many things to celebrate so far, but the doctor said you are going to have a hard time getting pregnant. And here you are. How, How pregnant are you right now? I am 24 weeks, so we are past our halfway point. I have a baby boy on the way, which we just figured out a name, so we're we're cruising. December uh, 21st is when I'm due. So that's so exciting because by the time this comes, because uh, we're recording this in August, so by the time this comes out, you will still be pregnant. <laughs> But closer to that due date. Although, Cal, my first son was five weeks early. So, I mean, I'm not like recommending that. <laughs> I'm okay with early as long because our first due date was the 24th. And I was like, we can keep moving that up. 21st sounds a lot better. So I wouldn't, like you said, not too early, but earlier would be better. Cal did great. You know, he was he was five weeks early, but he was five pounds, nine ounces. He wasn't technically in the low birth weight category. I think I just do things faster than most people, including growing babies. Will was two weeks early. He was eight pounds, nine ounces. He was a big old 
early fella, but that's really, really exciting. So did you just conceive right away when you were trying? So I, funnily enough, was like, okay, like let's, so I'd seen all my doctors and I said, look, they, everyone knew that I was doing the fasting. They knew I was losing the weight. And I said, I was like, how likely I had that doctor kind of ringing in my ear. And I said, how likely is it that this is going to be problematic or anything like that? And she's like, you'll be back in less than three months to see me. And boy, was she right. I did not expect to get pregnant right away. That was not what I think him and I had planned. I mean, we knew we were doing this, but I was expecting it was going to take a couple more tries than what we did. And we were blessed the first try. First try. I'm so proud of that to hear it because I know it has to do with your body healing from fasting. You know, after that other doctor said, you're not going to be able to get pregnant. And then bam, you did. I was hoping it was the first month. It did feel really good to be able to say like, haha, I did it. Like that was a, a neat victory, I think. Well, you're, that's just like me because if someone tells me I can't do something, that I'm like, oh, I did it. Did it first try. <laughs> well, that's, that's amazing. So congratulations on that. So probably the hardest part about the pregnancy is not being able to do your intermittent fasting the way you've been doing it. So I took a test the day of my husband's birthday and that's when we found out I was pregnant. And so I said, I looked at him and when I told him and I was like, he goes, we don't have food in the house for that. Like we, like that was his first reaction was like, cause oddly enough, he was kind of not against fasting, but he like just didn't get the inner workings as much. And now he fasts too. But in the beginning he was like, we like actually have to go to the grocery store. And I was like, I know, like, what are we going to do? And he was like, you're going to struggle with that. And I was, cause I'm, I hate the grocery store. Oh, I hate it. You know, I hate it. It's a great place, but not for me. I said to him, I said, look, I said, we're going to actually have to like do that now. And he was like, that's really weird for us. Cause he had started at that point. So we now have food in the house in a different way. It's just, um, I think that was probably the hardest part was getting used to eating again in my old lifestyle. It was something that took me a good month, month and a half to adjust to that I think was unexpected. I knew that that would have to change, but I don't think I realized how much mentality needed to change with it that I think I struggled with for a little bit. I think I would struggle too. I mean, I'm 53 and on the other side of menopause. So unless, you know, like there's the the good Lord intervened in a way, please don't, Lord. (laughs) But I know it would be, you. I know in every ounce of my being that you have to eat differently when you're pregnant, but it would be hard. It would be hard after so many years of intermittent fasting to, well, no, I've got to nurse a baby and I've got to do it differently now. And I hit my five-year mark and I realized that was when I, around the time I got pregnant. And so I said to, I said to my husband, I said, I've been doing this lifestyle for five years And to undo it feels silly. Like it seems like the opposite of everything I've been doing. And he goes, yep. But like you said, nourishing the baby, that's what you have to do. So it was something that I knew was going to happen. But I think the mental preparation behind it is very different. I think so. So I bet you're just focusing on like, is the way you're eating now different than your pre-intermittent fasting? Like, Like right now while you're pregnant, I guess what I'm trying to say is I look back to my pregnancies and I did not eat well in those pregnancies, you know, and, but I bet you're really focused on nutrients in a way you wouldn't have been had you not been doing intermittent fasting. Yes. In some ways, I think what's hard is like, I have a wicked sweet tooth that I've I've had pre, pre baby to now. And so I think I try really hard to balance that 
better than I did before. Before it was like sweets. And, and I, like I said, I am emotional eater and I acknowledge I eat sweets more when I'm emotional. And so I found a better balance, I think now, but I will say that didn't come right away. Cause I was like, I can eat everything again. And I was like, this is great. And then I was like, no, we can't do that. Like that doesn't work. It was a weird, I think up and down in the beginning, but I think I found my footing and my balance now with it feels more aligning with the the intermittent fasting lifestyle without being in the lifestyle, if that makes sense. Because once you're in it, you're not, it doesn't go back. You know what I mean? So you're probably a lot more of an intuitive eater than you ever were before. Without a doubt. Because the first week of it, I was like, I'm not hungry. I don't know. Like, what do I, and he's like, you got to try eating it. And I was like, all right. So I, I definitely think I found my cues a lot better, but it did take me a little bit. Cause I was like, I can't just because I was eating one meal a day when my husband came home from work. Like that was the time I I had that late evening and realizing you need to eat breakfast and listen to that cue, I think is something that's important that I learned along the way. Yeah, exactly. Have you had any crazy cravings while you're pregnant? Pickles, sauerkraut, and chocolate chip zucchini bread. Ooh, ooh, chocolate chip zucchini bread sounds really good to me right now. (laughs) I'm not pregnant. I just would like the sound of that. So it's more salty than anything, and it's unusual because I'm not a salty person, but pickles, the sauerkraut, that's been my my staple right now of pregnancy cravings. I had the craziest craving for pepperoncini peppers, and what's weird is I had never eaten one. Like, I don't know how my body knew that. I, it might have been like the vinegary stuff. I don't know. But but I was like, I got to get jars of pepperoncini peppers and eat those. And I did. There was a time that I, I just craved those. And I still like them to this day. But prior to that, I didn't eat, eat, eat them at all. Um, You know how they come on the Papa John's pizza? Yep, yep. I didn't eat them. But then when I was pregnant, man, I couldn't get enough of them. And also creamed spinach. Dofer's creamed spinach. And again, I had never in my life eaten creamed spinach because I was such a picky eater growing up. But I was like, I need to eat that creamed spinach. And I was eating it for like breakfast, lunch, and dinner for like a very short period of time. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture-proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Yep. I did go through a a stage of like every meal I had sauerkraut. Like that was something I would do. 
Which, how do you eat breakfast with sauerkraut, you ask? I don't know. It was an interesting week. So that is funny. Your your baby was growing something that needed, I don't know, needed that sauerkraut. Have you had anything you can't eat? Like I could not be in the presence of carrots. I don't know what it was. Carrots, I had such an aversion to carrots. Cheez-Its. That's it. Well, that's probably a good thing to be adverse to. I had ordered them or something. I had asked him to bring them home from the store or what have you. And I went to open it and I was like, I will never eat another Cheez-It again. I luckily am over the carrot problem, whatever it was. But I had this delicious carrot recipe that someone had made at a family event. And it was like, I can't even remember, but it had horseradish in it and carrot and I don't know, maybe like Stouffer stuffing. That sounds really weird. But it was some kind of this savory carrot casserole. And when I was early in my pregnancy, I was like, I'm going to make that carrot casserole. It's going to be delicious. And it was the opposite of delicious. And, and But like literally, I was a teacher at that time. And I would sit in the lunchroom. We had to eat with our kids. And a kid would be eating carrots. I'd be like, you're going to have to go sit at the other end of the table. Go away. Get away from me. I couldn't be around. Luckily, now I had carrots last night. So it's okay. Well, I can eat them now. So... Let's talk about health changes just in general. Like you've each lost a significant amount of weight. Overall, what health benefits have you seen? For me, besides the energy level, Alyssa decided she wanted to run last year pre-pregnancy. So I went into running again. I hadn't done since 2016 when I ran. And so Alyssa decided we were going to start running and, um, I haven't stopped running since then. I just, like I said, Rain and I both just did our first event together. And a year ago, I actually dropped six minutes from a year. So last year when I ran this race, I was six minutes slow. I was actually six minutes faster this year. And I could ever have done that. And I've been tracking how much I'm going to say like physical activity, like running, walking, being on an elliptical, being on the treadmill. My goal in January was 20 miles. I am now this month, I'm already over 64 miles. So I literally found that when I go to the gym, I'm not doing one or two miles. I'm now doing three and four. And I think just being able to go all day and not sit still and clean this or clean that or go to this activity or go to this activity is constant now. You know, that has really changed. I found that, like, I know it's always you you heal from within out. I think a lot of that too has occurred for me, that healing of whatever it was prior to prior to fasting now has changed. And since my levels are great, I can't, there's nothing more that, you know, I'd want, you know, but the energy level is through the roof. I mean, I don't even know where to begin to tell you how much that has changed for me. So that's huge. I mean, I remember that too. I remember always being so tired during the day and draggy and, you know, going from one snack to the next snack to the latte, trying to have that energy during the day and constantly fighting that roller coaster of the blood sugar up and down, up and down. It feels so good not to have that anymore. How about you, Alyssa? What what health benefits other than just bam, getting pregnant right away <laughs> have you experienced? I would say for me, the whole like 
doctors have told me time and time again, well, if you just lose weight, you'll get rid of your migraines. If you just lose weight, you'll be healthier. When I started, I was like, okay, if I lose enough, then I can actually move again. I can do the things that I wanted to do. My husband was a sprinter in high school and college and like he could just go, he like could do that stuff. And so being able to like hike together and like we have two greyhounds. So we could like go out and do things and like have the energy and the hold on, I need to sit or I need to take a break. Or so I, like I said, during COVID, when everything kind of happened, I started picking up yoga. I was doing yoga every day. I would have laughed at you two years ago. If you said you were doing yoga, I would have been like, no, that's a joke. Good one. Love it. It's something that's been late, like game changing. So from yoga, that's where I started to pick up running. And and that's where I think I never, again, if you would have told me I was running, I said, from what, a bear? Like, that's not something I would have done voluntarily. So I say this with respect. My inner fat girl is so finally getting to live through the body that I've been given now that I have this in my life. So I've been able to do the running, hiking. I don't have to stop anymore. And so getting pregnant has been a blessing. And so just being able to do the things that people said I couldn't because I was heavy has been, I think, really a really cool experience that I didn't expect to be part of this process. And, you know, we heard Mary Louise had had the, your mom had to struggle with her weight. Did your weight struggles, Alyssa, begin early? Yes, but no. In some ways, I think I was always the, I was on the edge, if that makes sense. Yes. And then I broke my knee in like fifth, sixth grade. And that was kind of when I, I think I developed more of the like weight issue with emotional eating and things like that, because I broken my knee and my wrist at the same time. I was very accident prone when I was a kid. I did a lot of sports. And so, um, that from that point forward was really where I think my weight kind of changed. Right around the injury in fifth grade, you said? Fifth, sixth grade. Yeah. And then it just, it just kind of was a struggle after that. Yeah. Because I think that I was solid. I was literally not moving for a month. I was in a wheelchair because I had broken my wrist at the same time. So I was really, really stagnant. And um, they pretty much said I wouldn't be able to play sports sim- like the way I was before. And ever since then, it kind of changed how I viewed sports and how I was my physical activity levels and things like that. So that was when I really kind of shifted. That makes sense. So Mary Louise, is there anything that you struggle with? That I struggle with now, like with eating and stuff? Or just in general with your intermittent fasting lifestyle, anything that you struggle with? Sometimes getting people to know that it's okay if I don't eat with you. You know, like if I go out with you, doesn't mean I have to eat. Like, you know, just please eat. Don't worry about me. I'll drink. Let me drink and get a cup of tea. Let me get a cup of iced tea. Like it's okay. And telling people like this is, I'm very comfortable when I'm hungry, I will eat. It's okay. When I'm hungry, I will eat. And if I want to eat something, I will. And if I don't, you know, I think also too, like, is it window worthy? There's many a times I would call and say, Alyssa, that was horrible. She goes, I know it wasn't window worthy, was it? And I was like, no, I didn't even enjoy it. You know, luckily, Alyssa was always either able to text me or answer the phone and say, mom, really? That's the cheerleader, like that other person. And like when I will like tell people about intermittent fasting or I would show them the picture and I would say, you know, this is what I looked like. And they were like, no way. And I'm like, yeah. And they have to believe that it's there. You can do it. You can't say no. You have to really accept it. You know what I mean? Like it's it's okay. 
And, you know, so what if I don't eat? When I'm hungry, I'll eat. That is a really hard thing. I think a lot of people struggle with the whole expectations of other people. You know, if if we really think about it in a dramatic way, let's imagine that you had a peanut allergy and someone's trying to get you to eat a peanut butter sandwich. You would not put that into your body for any reason because you're allergic to peanuts. And for someone to like try to get you to eat peanut butter when you can't have peanuts is ridiculous and like horrible. But the same thing is true when you're choosing to do intermittent fasting and someone else is like trying to get you to eat. And you're like, no, this is not the time that I eat. You know, we have complete control of what we put in our bodies and should not ever feel like we can turn that over to somebody else. Unless you have an eating disorder, in which case, you know, I mean, that you know, that's a whole different situation. But, you know, we should never feel pressured to eat because someone else wants us to, I guess, is the moral of that story. And I can see that when I'm with my niece's children or even my little baby boy, when he comes, it'll be different for him as well as for them. Like if they say they're full, I've watched my niece say, okay, she says, I'll leave it here. But if you don't want any, it's okay. Like, and she's a faster two now. Like our family of fasters have grown, okay? I've actually watched her say, are you done? And the kid says, yeah. She says, okay, go ahead. Like it's okay that the little ones eat when they want, when, you know, a specific time, but if they're not hungry, she doesn't say, oh, it's breakfast, you have to eat. It's a gift to give the children. We are almost out of time. Let me start with you, Alyssa. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? Clean fast, hands down. And I think be willing to see the world differently through this different lens of food. I learned to appreciate food differently now because I've had the opportunity to read the book, be a part of the community and things like that. And I think be open to the idea that that is a possibility that could unlock a lot of things for you. So be not afraid. And (laughs) yeah, absolutely. And how about you, Mary Louise? What would you tell someone just starting out? Trust the process. I was stagnant when I first really started. I didn't lose. It took me a good five or six, you know, four, five, six months before it started to come off because I think I had so much internal healing that had to happen. And once I trusted the process, Man, when it came off, it was coming off, like Alyssa said, it just like poured off and it'd be like, wow, you know, but it took a long time and it was okay. I knew it up here. And that's why, you know, when I tell somebody about it and and they start it, like, don't expect to lose, you know, I lost where I lost. You might not get there yet. Like it may take you longer and it's okay if it takes you longer. And trying to tell people that what works for me may not work for you. You have to find your comfort level. My friend who we're with today, since January, she's lost 70 pounds. And she says, fasting is easy. Like, why didn't I know about this? And I keep telling her, trust it. It'll come. When it's ready, it'll be there. That gives me goosebumps. You know, to think about the ripple effect, just the number of people that the two of you have rippled out to and the lives that you've changed. And then the, the new generations that are, you know, your your new baby boy and your nieces and nephews and the cousins and everybody that's just going to grow up in a different kind of household now just because of it's like breaking generational habits almost or not even almost, but definitely. 
interracial, intercultural, and like the, not to go into a whole mental health of it all, but like, I think that has really cut the chain that I've noticed within my own family unit and like my husband's family, since we've kind of used this, is that it really has changed the mentality around food instead of it's just here, like in like to appreciation and like my palate has changed. I like so many more cooler foods now. And so I think that's what I want to pass down is that that breaking of the chain that other generations have to for sure. Mm -hmm. So and knowing that it's right to celebrate life's moments with food. And that's part of the pleasure of food. That's so important instead of like the guilt that we can pass around. We find things to do instead. With food. like, But when it comes to the food, we'll celebrate there. But we'll find different activities now that we don't have to involve food right away. Well, ladies, this has been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for telling your stories today. And Alyssa, let me know when that baby gets here. Absolutely. I would be honored to pass that forward. (laughs) Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. I feel like I was blindsided. Because it's a competition show. From the producers of Jury Duty and The Bachelor. We have scoured the earth for the 14 greatest reality contestants that were available during our production window comes a reality competition show about reality competition shows. Nobody has dared to find out who is the actual best at just being on a reality show. I'm your host, comedian Daniel Tosh. It's win or go home. Each episode, our contestants will face new challenges that will test their strength and lack of life skills for a chance to win $200 million. Thousands, not millions. $200,000. Because it's about to be ugly, crying, lots of fighting. Tasha, I have to defend myself. Celebrating 25 years of reality TV with your favorites. I have diarrhea. You cannot do this to me. What in gay hell have I got myself into? The GOAT, premiering on Freebie and Prime Video on May 9th.